0: have a, our reading uh, from uh, Thessalonians uh, Maggie's going to bring that for us
1: the reading is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 1 to 10 Paul Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ grace and peace to you we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers we remember before God and Before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by the hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Amen.
0: Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask your help as we come to your word open it to us and may it be a living word in our hearts today for Jesus Christ's sake we pray amen a model church is what we're going to be looking at today we're going to have our first slide up there look a model church there we are Um, what it means to be a model church now I'm not saying every church is perfect You'd be surprised at that. You may think you're nearly there. And some churches are better than others, obviously. But there was one person who said, well, if you ever find a perfect church, don't join it because you'll mess it up. I think there's some truth in that because all churches are full of human beings. The church is not a building. It's not the building. And it's not something we come to. It's something we are. And it's something that we do, we be, if there is such a, probably incorrect English, but there we are. It is who we are, the body of Christ, the body of believers, the coming together of the people who believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, who bring worship and praise and honour and seek to help others to come into contact with God's love, we are the church. how do we do that we see lots of different styles of church and it's not so much about style as what we do it's not so much about how we sing songs whether we have a fantastic worship group or an organ or a choir or we sit around quietly contemplating it's nothing to do with that it's how we live out our lives for jesus that's what it means a model church and Thessalonians this passage from Thessalonians gives us some help in that I'm not saying it's the only help we have because if you look particularly at the Old Testament and some of the Old Testament uh, sorry the New Testament and the New Testament letters you get an awful lot of information and help as to how to be uh, Jesus's church on earth but we're just going to look at this this small passage so we talk about being a model church. What does that mean? Here's a story. A husband came down to breakfast and was delighted to hear that his wife was saying, Darling, you are a model husband. Doesn't that happen every morning to those of us who are married? You know, your wife says, You're a model husband. And of course he was flattered. Wouldn't we all be? But later that day he decided to look up the word in his Oxford English Dictionary. He found the page and began reading and it said model a small plastic imitation of the real thing (laughs) there is a danger with churches that we might become small not necessarily plastic but imitations of the real thing that we don't quite get there we don't quite do what Jesus is asking us to do that we get caught up in doing the stuff that keeps the church going, but we forget what we were doing in the first place, which is proclaiming Jesus Christ and living out the gospel, being supported by one another and encouraging one another by worshipping and praising. We get caught up in doing other stuff and we become imitations of the real thing. When we look at the church that Paul was writing to in Thessalonica, we see a church that is a true model that's not just an imitation it's a true model of the church and I'm not saying it's perfect because in his second letter to the Thessalonian church he tells them off a little bit because he said there are some amongst you who think that when because you think Jesus is coming quite soon you're just not doing anything So it's not that it's perfect, but there's a definite model here that says, but, in the first letters, we're going to see a slide. For those of you who like maps, here's the next one. Hey, look, I love a map. I love a map. But to get an idea of where we're talking about, Paul says and writes to this church, you are a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. I think that's how we say it. Is that how we say it? I'm all right then. That's fine. I always worry. <laughs> anyway, that's how I say it. And you look at that, and that's, that's the area that we're looking at. You can see Philippi up there, all those that's what these people, places we hear about in the Bible, uh, where the Philippian church is, Thessalonica, where the Thessalonian church is, uh, Macedonia, Greece, nice holiday area. Uh, you know, people go on holiday there. Uh, This is the area that this small church, just there in that little coastal port there, Thessalonica, Thessalonica, had become known. Paul says you've become known in Macedonia and Achaia and everywhere because of who you are and what you've been doing. I think that's amazing. Paul isn't one to hold back his punches in these letters to churches. He will say, I I praise you for these things, but there's also this other stuff that you need to sort out. And he does do that a bit with the Thessalonians, but his first thing is, is that he says you've become a model to other churches. You've become renowned, not because to make you look good, but you become model church because others are saying, wow, look at what they're doing. And they're glorifying God. Look at what's going on in this church in Thessalonia. Look at what's going on. It's high praise indeed from the one who is not always seen to give a lot of praise to churches. In fact, four times in this letter, Paul gives thanks for the church. It's amazing imagine if he was writing to us here in this church wouldn't it be great if that was the letter that he was writing he says you've become renowned everywhere not that you've become famous in as much as celebrity famous but that people say look at their works look at what they do look at the way they glorify God it would be fantastic Even more so that the Thessalonian church was founded in great opposition to the gospel. They were persecuted. It said you were in your sufferings. You still held to the truth of the gospel. They were also converts. It said that they'd been worshipping foreign gods. That was the thing that happened quite a lot in that part of the world at that time. Everybody had a god. Everybody worshipped gods. A variety of gods. I'm not the expert on it my son is doing all that sort of stuff uh ancient history but it's it's a fascinating place it was a mixture of Judaism Christianity less so Christianity but Judaism you'd have had Greco-Roman gods and all that sort of stuff going on and these new converts to Christ come out of that from Judaism from paganism and they'd have had new convictions, lived a different life, they'd have had different moral standards that they were now living out, and they'd have been persecuted for it. We hate you. Why are you following Jesus? You should do what we've always done. You'd expect this to be a bit of a shaky start for a church. Just setting out with new converts, people doing it for the first time. But no, Paul is confident about it. He knows that this is God's church and that the gates of hell, as Jesus said, would not prevail against it. And I think perhaps that's where we have to hold on to. When we get told so many times that the church in the West is in decline and we all go, oh no, it's terrible. It's all falling apart. But it isn't. It isn't. We can be tr- hold on to the faith that we have in Jesus Christ that he will not let. The gates of hell prevail against his church. But what caused Paul to heap phrase particularly on this church? What made it a model church so that we can be something like that church? That's not to say you're doing things badly because I know you're not. I was it's fantastic to see the prayer that's going on for the for the vision of the church we're in that prayer room and to see what the possibilities are that's really exciting keep praying into that that would be brilliant but we can always seek God for where we might be get well we might do things better what is it that are the groundings that we need to make ourselves the right stuff for church the right church the model church Paul in verse 3 of this says your work of faith is commendable your labour of love is fantastic your steadfastness of hope is amazing the church community and all church communities however we do worship should be distinguished by faith, hope and love might have heard that somewhere else before. 1 Corinthians 13 gets read at most weddings. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. It's thought that, for those who like this sort of stuff, this, this passage was the first place, the earliest version, if you like, of Paul's letter that actually brings that out. That it's about faith, hope, and love. So what does that mean? How do we live that out? Well, first of all, it has to be in the power of the Holy Spirit, which is what Paul said. He said, the Spirit is there. The power of the Spirit helps you to do these things. So we have to seek the Spirit's power in our lives. We have to allow the Spirit's baptism in us. And that's not just a once-off thing that happens. It's something that's a continual gift to us that we continually receive the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We just would say to God, how do we do that? We just say to God, come and fill me afresh, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And allow God, the Spirit, to move in our hearts and our lives. And then, we can live out the faith. Next slide. So the model church has faith. Now this is pointing towards God. And the faith that this church had was enthusiastic and contagious. People wanted to know more about it because the people that had it were excited about it. Now I know as British people we're not very good at enthusiasm and we're not necessarily very contagious about the things we're excited about. And I'm not saying we all have to be amazing extroverts who go out all the time with this huge beam on our face and say oh it's all exciting but actually it's a deeper thing than that it's almost a conviction within us that we have something that is so precious which is the salvation that we found that's been saved by Jesus and knowing Jesus in our lives and knowing the love of God and his grace and being able to want to share that with others it's a deep rooted enthusiasm and it's contagious i remember meeting somebody a a lady before i became a christian i had known her a while but she had something that was different and you could look at her and you'd know there was something different about her I wouldn't say she was, you know, perfect. She was just ordinary. But she had something. And it turned out what she had was a faith in Jesus Christ. She was calmer. She seemed to have this thing around her that was just love. And a warmth about her that was attractive. That just made you want to go up to her and say, what is it? that you have that enables you to be who you are to be like you are and in the end it was Jesus and she was one of the people that led me to my relationship with Jesus Christ she had something about her that was just wonderful she wasn't over the top she (laughs) she wasn't running around screaming and shouting follow Jesus but she had something about her a deep-rooted faith that was attractive it was jesus-focused spirit-filled and spirit-motivated the faith of the thessalonian church was amazing it attracted both praise and opposition i always think a church is perhaps getting things right when things are opposed because I believe that Satan doesn't want things to happen in God's church. So when we start doing stuff, he'll de- try and do all he can to derail it. But that's not to say that he can, because as we said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Sometimes when we face the opposition, it means that the word of God is getting out. And somebody's worried somewhere. And it's amazing what a contagious enthusiasm can do let's see the next slide I love this John Wesley founder of Methodism um, had a fire strangely warmed feeling in his heart when he was converted was one of the great preachers uh, of the 18th century and he says catch on fire with enthusiasm and people will come for miles to watch you burn that's what he was about and it was true for him and I'm pretty sure it's true for us today he was known as a reasonable enthusiast a sort of like a British enthusiast I guess people saw something in him that was different it's amazing what a bit of enthusiasm can do here's a true story well I'm told it's a true story of a toddler group well, toddlers at nursery. And a class of about 20 or 30 of them. Can you imagine? 20 or 30 toddlers. Hallelujah, what a wonderful, what a wonderful day out that is. And as you may know, if you've ever worked with toddlers, sometimes they're quite... Uh, they know what they want and they know what they don't want. Let's put it that way. Now, these 20 or 30 children didn't want to eat dinner. And the staff there tried everything to get them to eat their dinner. Everything. They did the choo-choo method. Remember that? Choo-choo. That'll be soon. Or the aeroplane. No, they weren't interested in that. They tried plates with pictures on so that when they ate through all their dinner... Uh, there'd be a lovely picture underneath, and they'd be excited, so they'd want to eat it, so they could see what the picture was. Nothing. Everything they did all failed. Until one day, a little boy called Timothy came. He was small and quiet and sat in the corner, and most people took very little notice of him. But at dinner time, he came along sat down with all the other children who were not eating their dinner. The plate of food was put in front of him and he scoffed a lot in 30 seconds. Then he looked at the little girl next to him, saw she hadn't started hers, took her plate and ate that as well. Good lad. Not content, Tim saw the boy opposite hadn't eaten his either. So he reached across the table, grabbed his dish and polished it off. The next day, dinner time comes. Exactly the same thing happens. Tim gorges out. The kids are amazed. By the third day, the children around him decided, he's not going to eat my dinner. And they started to eat theirs. Frustrated by this, our Tim got up, walked to the next table to grab some of their food. And by the end of the week, all the children or eating their dinners. The solution to the problem of the children not eating their dinner was not the choo-choo method or the aeroflame method or the pretty plates or anything else. It was that Tim was enthusiastic and contagious about eating the right stuff. He modelled the right stuff. And apparently, he was so, uh, such a model for this that they used to take him to other toddler groups to get them to eat their dinners as well. Now, can you imagine if that was us in our Christian faith? What a difference that would make. People would see us and they'd want more and they'd want to know what it was about. Enthusiasm, the right stuff, is amazing. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to do that work in us. We have to have faith. The second is a labor of love. Okay, we have this. A labor of love. The Thessalonian church showed love towards each other and towards the wider community. It's one of the things that we're called to do is to show love to one another. Jesus said by, the, by our love, people will know that we are his disciples. By our love for one another. Matthew chapter 5 which comes just after the uh, was part of the sermon on the mount after the beatitudes where Jesus is saying these are the things that would m- make people notice you he says you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can we be made salty again it's no longer good for anything except for be thrown out and trampled underfoot then we have the next slide then he goes on to say You are the light of the world. He considered himself, that he says, I am the light of the world. But he says, you are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We are called to be lights, in the world shining out our love for Jesus we can do that in a load of ways and I noticed on your on your boards you're thinking through how you as church might uh, continue to do the stuff you're already doing that does that stuff but also what you might do further in advance uh, in, in history in 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 the going forward to see what God might be calling you to do to share your love with the people. In this community to be that light to be a bit salty in the local community so we had a labor of love we live out the love of Christ and share that with others and then a steadfastness of hope they suffered persecution it was a tough time to be a Christian in the early church there was stuff against them there was other religions there was uh, other philosophies and theologies going on people that stood against the christian faith it all might sound quite similar to today There were today we might say that the problems we have are dwindling numbers and aging congregations um, less ministers and all that sort of stuff And yet, the Thessalonian church held fast to the faith they had in Jesus Christ. We can only say that 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 means that, that Jesus to them was everything. Even under the fiercest persecution, even under the most difficult place and time, they held fast to Jesus. And that's our call as church too. This isn't any lion, this is Aslan. And if you know the Narnia stories, he's a great lion. He's not a safe lion, but he's a great lion. And Aslan, I believe, is on the move. Aslan is on the move in this nation. Aslan represents Jesus in the world. And he is on the move. He's doing a new thing. He's doing some exciting stuff in the church today. And we also have the hope, the steadfastness of hope that promises that one day Jesus will come again in glory. We will see the majesty of Aslan roaring as we bring our worship to him on the final day. But until that time, we hold fast to the good news of Jesus. Our new life in Jesus that we have means nothing if it doesn't redirect us to life in Christ, our loving Father in heaven and acts of mercy towards others. The model church. Thessalonians modeled it. They showed it out. They lived it out even under the fiercest persecution. They had Christians who wanted to show faith, hope, and love. All Christians should be those who believe, who are lovers and are hopers. These are the examples of a model church. Faith that works. Love that labors. And hope that endures. We are his church. Let's be that church. Let's be a model church that the world is amazed by. Let's pray. Father, we do these things. We want to be a model church. We want to to be people that have faith that works, love that labours, hope that endures. We want to be these things, but we know we can only do it in your strength. So we pray your Holy Spirit upon us, Lord, to enable us to do these things, to seek the vision, to see the way forward and to be your people that are attractive and contagious with our faith. Help us, Lord, to know in strength that you are on the move and to live today in the society we live in with love, with faith and hope that the glory might always and only go to you. Amen.